That distant podcast is all I see. Fractured Angel, another part of harmless phosphorescence. This is Throw Smiley, and I'm here to podcast lethally. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and I would love for you to try my broccoli-based energy drink, Broccolicious. By the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. I'm Brian Lush. Coming to take me away, haha. I'm Alaric Weber. I thought that same thing. I was going to do that, yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is Armless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and source material, then we tell you about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron? It's easy. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We've got a bunch of bonus content there. We've got Star Wars shows and holiday shows and music shows. Uh, We put up a monthly movie every month. Uh, We just uh, put Jingle all the way up for December. Um, It's January now and our movie coming up by patron executive producer request is going to be Dracula. uh, Not dead and loving it. I keep having to say dead. I so do I, and I wish it was that. Yeah. Uh, um, no, it's Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula. Yeah, so that's going to be a fun one. Um, I'm going to be watching it today, actually. We're not sure when we're recording it. It's going to go up in January. Coming soon, a buck a month is all you need. This week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Venom. Let there be carnage. We should be out there snacking on bad guys. I am a predator. I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression, or you will get hauled off into Area 51. You live in my body. You live by my rules. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Please let me fix it so I can bring it again. A loser. Eddie Brock, I want to give you my story. People love serial killers. Please, why me? What's mine is yours. And what's yours is mine. I have tasted blood before, and that is not it. Like home to me. 
like family. You could just say, I'm happy for you. That was going to be us. Hey, I'm happy for you. No! God, I'm so sorry. Not sorry! This dude needs some serious couples counseling. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Randy! <laughs> Hello, Eddie! <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Fuck you, Eddie! Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, released October 1st, 2021, with a running time of 97 minutes. It cost $110 million and made $506 million. So it was a hit. Um, which, it was not well-received critically, and I think in my mind I thought it was kind of a bomb, but no, it made some damn good money there. Um, well, yeah, people that wanted to see those characters really wanted to see those characters. Mm-hmm. Venom and, and uh, the Punisher are not casual Marvel-going characters. No. No. Specific you know. fans. Yeah. Yeah, they have a very, very ardent sub-fandom. I, I knew people who hadn't seen any of the MCU movies that were fucking excited to see this because it was finally their favorite character on screen. Yeah. And Plus what's Carnage. Fu- what's funny is I think that particular uh group of fans were kind of disappointed with the way the characters were handled at least as far as i can tell from perusing letterboxd but there also there's also some overlap with like the deadpool fans the guys that that like appreciate the characters who are different in their minds than the marvel characters you know the the anti-hero fans the edgy anti-heroes yeah Yeah. but a little more violent more get the job done Mm mm-hmm you know, instead of Batman, like, don't you do it again? Yeah. Don't you come out of here, <laughs> Joker? Just, you stay there, you, you scam. Stay. I have had it up to here with your murdering. <laughs> I I just love how Captain America lectures the bad guy. Said right, these fans ever. and then hits yeah. him with a shield. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> All right. Uh, so, like I said, it was a hit, and that means it's time for us to discuss the box office top ten game. This is the game where I'm gonna tell okay. the guys the descriptions of the movies based on the box office mojo description. They're gonna try to guess what movie I am describing. You ready to play, fellas? <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. Then. Oh yeah. I guess we won't. Oh, you're muted. Damn. It was nothing All but right. silence. Are we ready? Yes. Something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He did sound like Macho Man at one point. Oh, yeah. Or the Kool-Aid Man. (laughs) Uh, Reasonable Man, Randy Savage. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Bonesaw is not ready. (laughs) Uh, At number 10 for the week of October 1st, 2021. Following a series of unexplained crimes... A father is reunited with the son who has been missing for 10 years. I This is the first time I've heard of this film. It looks like it oh. is not an English language film. Oh. It is Un film de Julia de Cournot. So French? Is it uh, looks French. It looks Frenchish. Frenchy. A little Frenchy. Is the name in English? 
the name is a person's name. Oh, okay. That Rad. wasn't the name that you said a moment ago? A little Frenchie. <laughs> no, the whole... No, 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 no. It is... No, no, no. I was telling you who directed subtitle? it. Un film de Julia Decanel. She's the director. Oh, un film de... Yeah, I, yes, it is French. Okay, gotcha. Um, uh, it's... Um, Gerard. It's called, name. it's called Ale. Titan. <laughs> Titan. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Um, I'm sure it's great. It was number 10 at the box office. <laughs> I'm sure it's French. With $800,000 because that was a COVID week. Um, we were getting the Delta variant around that time. Um, yeah, that's why. Yeah. At number nine, Rock in the Jungle. Oh, this is Jungle Cruise jungle again. Cruise. Yeah, Jungle Cruise still, still, still on. hanging on there. Um, jungle Rock. Oh, this is exciting. At number eight, Reverend Dave defends himself and a group of Christian homeschooled families after the inspection by the local government official. Oh, oh is this Waco. a Daily Wire? Probably. Waco. It is a sequel. It is a sequel. Waco 2. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. R- Ruby Ridge Two. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, it's, a, it's a Ridge. sequel to a to to a a movie we've definitely mentioned in the box office top ten previously. <laughs> is it God oh, still not dead? It, basically, it yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Jesus. it's God's not dead. The next chapter. We the people. There's a a next chapter As if the title of your film God's Not Dead couldn't get worse Right (laughs) What does that even fucking mean Like the movie was open ended They didn't close the book on that one They take God is not dead Let's follow this They take on evil big liberal government (laughs) In this one That give out (laughs) Abortions at drag shows Wait, what year was this? 21. 22. Oh, 21. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we were ago. we were back in big liberal government. Yeah, technically, yes. Technically. Because, I mean, obviously the Trump administration didn't do any of those same things. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, at number seven, uh, it's just the Candyman. We talked about it last week. <laughs> <laughs> the Candyman can. The Candyman can take the sunshine. <laughs> Um, at Wrap it up with bees. Number <laughs> number six is Free Guy. We talked about that one too. Um, at number five, um, a film adaptation of the Tony and Grammy award-winning musical about a high school senior with social anxiety. <laughs> uh, this is the one. Uh, oh, what is this called? It's the Ben Platt who was like a fucking. 35-year-old man playing a 17-year-old oh, awkward high yeah, school Yeah, I'm looking at that poster. He sure is. Oh, oh, this, there's a lot of words on the poster. Even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you, when you're broken on the ground, you will be found. So do you guys know the plot of this? I don't know the name of it, but the plot is a kid dies and it's suicide, but they find a letter that he, I guess, had to write uh, or no, 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 this other kid had to write and he lies to the parents of the kid who killed himself saying that like, oh yeah, we were actually best friends. And it's just Jesus. the worst circumstances. And, and that's a musical? And it's a fucking musical. God, I wish I could think of what it's called, but I, I, I remember the plot. Julianne Moore is in it. 
I watched a YouTube video on it that it was just the funniest shit ever because it's just eviscerating the entire story and the musical and all of the like moral all of that they got try me to make further away. It's called Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. But yeah, the guy <laughs> who played him played him on the stage uh, 10 years ago as a 25 year old. Jesus. So, you know, you can see his like five o'clock shadow growing through his makeup basically throughout the movie. Uh, you can see him act like there's shots of him accident like off the side paying his mortgage. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm anxious about now. Calling his children in college, <laughs> collecting social security. Um, at uh, at number four this week at the box office. Oh, witness the making of a gangster. It's the story that reveals the humanity behind his struggles and the influence his family, especially his, especially his uncle, had over him, becoming the most iconic mob boss of all time. I had to leave out a oh, bunch of names that we're going to give this away. The Many Saints of Newark? Yeah, it's the Sopranos prequel. Prequel. Yeah. Multisante. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was not bad. I haven't seen that. All right. Yeah, I heard. I heard it was... All right. It was a uh, <laughs> look. It's okay. Little little Gandolfini played Tony, right? Yes. Yeah. Played young Tony, and there's even a young Carmela. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty cool. All right. Um, at number three this week. <laughs> look, it was all right. <laughs> listen, why won't you listen to me? I'm trying to tell you it was fine. <laughs> Jesus. All right. At number. Uh, where we're at three this week. <laughs> a guy has issues with his papa. Uh, this? Uh, Venom? Let there be carnage? Nope. <laughs> that was my guess, too. That, that makes no, sense. there's no daddy issues in Venom. <laughs> it's, there's, it's, <laughs> he literally says he's got to kill his dad. Carnage. Oh, the carnage. Carnage, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Um, no. It's, it, <laughs> it's a different superhero with daddy issues. <laughs> Bat, one of the Batmans? Nope, that's we, we Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Oh yes, that was we just. All right. At number two this week, I did not even realize they did this. Um, <laughs> a family gets tangled up in more wacky adventures and find themselves involved in hilarious run-ins with all sorts of unsuspecting characters. It's a sequel to a previous animated film, The Crew oh, Five. Raphael is crude Uh, this this is a uh, this is this is um, some IP that has recently been in the public zeitgeist pretty recently over the last few months due to a different version of uh, this particular oh it's uh, an Adams Family Adams Family 2 yep the animated Oh, the animated one. Yeah, okay. which I haven't seen either of those. I I hear they're fine. I, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, they Is made it, like uh, 3D animation. Yeah, yeah, CGI. Oh, I'm totally gonna watch that. that sounds awesome. I hear they're fine. <laughs> like nothing incredible, but like yeah, they're 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 fun. Um, and at number one this week, Eddie Brock attempts to reignite his career by interviewing serial killer Cletus Cassidy, who becomes the host of the symbiote Carnage and escapes prison after a failed execution. 
I feel like you left out a lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> and then adventures ensue. <laughs> yes. Road trip. Uh, yes. Venom Let There Be Carnage, of course, opened at number one this week at the box office. Um, and that's it for the box office top ten. That brings us to the character and comic book background. Al, tell us the stuff. Idly ho. Um, okay, so we've already discussed Eddie Brock and Venom, the journalist and the alien symbiote, created by David Michelini and Todd McFarlane in the mid to late 80s. I believe we've also discussed um, the character of Anne Weying, um, a lawyer and ex-wife of Eddie Brock. Yeah. Who was the first character to go by the She-Venom identity in the mid-90s. So... <laughs> she venom. venom. <laughs> it's some sort of she woman. <laughs> so up next we have Cletus Cassidy as Carnage. Uh, Cletus Cortland Cassidy was created, thankfully, as CCK. Uh, not KKK. No. <laughs> um, was created by David Michelini and artist Eric Larson. First appearing in the Amazing Spider-Man number 344, March of 1991. Eric Larson. Cassidy is a complete psychopath. As a child, Cletus killed his grandmother by pushing her down a flight of stairs, attempted to kill his mother with a hairdryer in the bathtub, then tortured and killed mom's dog with a drill. His... Not dead mother then tried to kill Cletus, and he was beaten to the brink of death by his father. Ending up an orphan at St. Estes Home for Boys, his antisocial behavior made him the target for other orphans and the orphanage staff. Uh, Cassidy uh, killed the head of the school, burned down the orphanage, um, (laughs) having adopted the philosophy that life is meaningless and futile. uh, Laws... (laughs) They're nihilist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, laws are only words. Random bloodshed and chaos was the ultimate freedom, and that murder was a way of freeing people. <laughs> well, at least he had a philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's an ethos. Man's got to have a code, I guess. 90s comics were crazy, man. The amount of violence that was just. We normal. were so edgy. So and edgy. This character, particularly. Cletus was fucked up. Uh, and kudos to them for not shying away from that origin. Yeah. Uh, we did get that in animation. Uh, in in prison on Rikers Island for killing 11 people, though he bragged of killing a dozen more, Cassidy found himself the cellmate of Eddie Brock. When the Ven- Venom symbiote returns to Eddie to rebond and Eddie Venom escapes, it unknowingly left an <laughs> offspring in the cell. Um, apparently, a the, dumpster the... baby. Some <laughs> <laughs> prom baby. Well, I know, turn... I know Rikers is full, but how full that they're going to put like a journalist who, I don't know, I assume he ran a red light or something with a serial killer? Uh, uh, I think I Spidey put him in jail for killing yeah. some fools. <laughs> for venoming. For venoming. Um, Eddie Venom. Apparently all symbiote babies are, are dumpster babies because they have like no like uh, emotional attachment to their, their offspring. Um, and he uh, just yeah. kind of kind of 
having no attachment, he didn't tell Eddie Brock that he even left this thing there. He just kind of forgot. Yeah, he's like a like a snake. He doesn't stick around to raise them. Um, the new symbiote bonded to Cassidy's blood through a cut in his hand, causing the red coloration with the bonding to the blood. Oh. And, and transformed Cassidy into Carnage. That was an unanswered question that you just answered. Why he was oh, red? Right. Yeah. You're like, it's a red one. Like, well, how'd you make a red one? <laughs> Uh, let's see. The bond between Cassidy and the symbiote was even stronger than that between Brock and Venom. Thus, Carnage was far more violent, powerful, and deadly than Venom. Um, and a little more sass. <laughs> He's a little bit country. <laughs> uh, Carnage retained... <laughs> you can take the symbiote out of the... Yeah. The girl. You can't take <laughs> the girl out of the symbiote. Sorry, Al. No. <laughs> oh, you got me. Uh, Carnage retained all of Spider-Man's powers inherited from Venom, retaining the ability to be... Wait. Okay. Carnage, retain Carnage retained all of Spider-Man's powers inherited from Venom, including the ability to be undetected by Spider-Sense. Mm. And... It took a team up between Venom and Spider-Man to take down Carnage for the first time. A captured Cassidy, a captured Cassidy was taken to the Vault, a prison for supervillains, then Ravencroft Institute, a facility for the superhuman criminally insane. Carnage, re <laughs> Carnage remanifests and recruits an army of psychopathic supervillains, including Shriek, aka Francis Louise Barrison. You know, my, my my favorite issue was when Cassidy drove that bus across the U.S. with the Merry Pranksters. <laughs> or Butch. Yeah. Uh, so Shriek, the character, was created by Tom DeFalco and Ron Lim, first appeared in Spider-Man Unlimited number one in May of 1993. As a child, Frances was abused by her mother for being overweight which drove her to drugs and later a fixation on motherhood. Did, but um, did she lose the weight? Uh, <laughs> yes, actually she okay, did. Good, good for her. Um, uh, Francis became a drug dealer, was shot in the head by a police officer, then put in the dark force dimension by Cloak of Cloak and Dagger. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Cool. Interesting. Um, I didn't realize they all kind of rubbed up against each other. Yeah. And then there was Actually. Screech. <laughs> After he got Screech. kicked out of whatever school that was. Bayside, Bayside High. High. Bayside. <laughs> oh, now I'm just picturing Zach Morris as Carnage. Which I could see that man was a psychopath. Yeah, he was. Um, her, it was her time in the Dark Force dimension that awakened her latent mutant abilities of sound mani manipulation. Living in a guy's jacket will do that. Yeah. <laughs> Shriek can harness her harness sound for destructive concussive force or use it to disorient or agitate her enemies, hypersonically inducing intense emotions of fear, hate, or despair. She also has some moderate powers of levitation. <laughs> I wish moderate. they had gotten more more into the fear element of it. 
That would have been really cool. <laughs> moderate, yeah, moderate, moderate levitation. I have that too. I just jump in the air. <laughs> yeah, I can levitate for up it's to temporary. half a second yeah. at a time. It's quick. It's quick. <laughs> in lower G elements, I can do it for longer. Right. Um, she was in the game. Uh, the I just remember it for Sega Genesis, but the Ultimate Carnage game, which was oh an awesome video game. So um, I just, meant the game. Yeah, like the game with, with, with Michael <laughs> Douglas. Douglas. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> it was uh, it was just last year. Hang on, uh, that uh, 2021. I can't remember who the uh, who did the poll, but she was in the top ten of Spider-Man uh, female villains. Oh well, okay, female villains. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they add a lot of like categories. That's not a Academy deep Awards, pool. No. Yeah, <laughs> the Sinister um, Six is not diverse at all, so I don't expect. Oh, boys, yeah. the, like, uh, and at number ten, Angry Woman on the Bus, <laughs> <laughs> Aunt May's cribbage partner. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Screen Rant, uh, ten best. Uh, Spider-Man, 10 best female villains. Um, and then she and Carnage together were sixth in 2022. Uh, At ten the ballroom most, competition. <laughs> 10 most violent Spider-Man villains list. Uh, they were together? Like couples. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say like couples, couples that have fought Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, the best Spider-Man couples. <laughs> they Dancing with the symbiotes. <laughs> Oh, uh, and then uh, finally we have uh, Patrick Mulligan. Uh, he was the detective in the movie. Oh yeah. In, in comics, uh, the character was created by Peter Milligan and Clayton Crane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he changed it to Mulligan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no one will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tribute to myself, motherfucker. <laughs> um, first appearing in Venom Carnage. Number one, October of 2004, Mulligan was one of NYPD's finest cops and would become bonded to the offspring of Carnage, which would later be christened Toxin by Venom. Oh, Toxin. Okay. All right. Um, Toxin would become the first symbiote that Spider-Man would consider a true ally battling his base symbiotic urges and trying to harness his powers for good. Okay. Venom 3. Right. Yeah, oh, a symbiote yeah. with a heart of gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I liked when Richard Gere picked him up and brought him back to his hotel. All right. And that, that wraps it up. All right. Thank you, Al. That brings us to the uh, production of the film itself. Um, This movie has a... Uh, Screenplay credit uh, by Kelly Marshall and Tom Hardy. Kelly oh. Kelly Marshall, um, let's see, also has uh, has uh, writing credits on Fifty Shades of Grey, The First Venom, and Cruella. And Tom Hardy is Tom Hardy, <laughs> <laughs> one of the Hardy Boys. Yes. He gets involved in some crazy mysteries with his brother. Um, <laughs> who was also played by Slack. Tom Hardy. Yes. Yep. yes. <laughs> it was directed by Mr. Andy Serkis, probably best known as Gollum. Um, this is his directorial debut, right? He hadn't directed a film before this. No, no, he had. 
He directed really? he directed two movies prior to this. 2017's Breathe, which is a uh which is a biodrama about I don't know, Andrew Garfield's about in it. Living things. Yeah, it's biodrama. A no, a biographical yeah, as opposed to an a, inorganic drama. A biographical drama. Like you know, like biodome. <laughs> yes. Um it's about uh, uh what was the other one? Some some kid someone in Kenya with polio. I don't know. Um the other one was <laughs> Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, which was a straight oh. to Netflix jungle book movie. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um he's currently attached to the upcoming Animal Farm film. Yeah, oh. I heard that. That's he did cool. uh he what was it Jeremy was telling me? Andy Circus did uh what do they call that when you're second uh, director for a film? When you're directing AD like a, or oh, a, second unit yeah. director, or? second unit direction. Oh yeah, that's what it's called, second I, unit director. I want to say that it was for the Hobbit movies, maybe. Oh, that would doing? make sense. That would make but, sense. But yeah, that that was where he got to cut his teeth on on being in the chair. I guess it's probably a similar situation with that Mowgli movie is that there was probably mo- a lot of mocap and a lot, you know, so yeah. I'm wondering how, that's his bread and butter. I'm wondering <laughs> how many animals he's going to play in animal farm. It's just, I just, him. I just, I just want him to be the cow. Yeah. It's him directing, but it's just him alone in a mocap studio. If you haven't listened to his uh, reading of the Hobbit, he could do it. Dude, Andy S- can do it. It's and just going to be Sir him Sir. and Sean Gunn yeah. <laughs> pretending to be animals. Uh, um, he was given this uh, movie after the director of the first movie, uh, who was, uh, what was his name? Uh, Fleischer. Uh, Ruben Fleischer directed the first one, um, was too busy directing Zombieland Double Tap while this movie oh. was going into production. So um, oh. it wasn't any, he wasn't fired from it. They just, he was, wasn't free. They had a schedule to meet, so they got a new director. He still has some production credit on it. Um, this seems more naturalistic, which is weird to say about a movie with a big slimy black monster that eats people's heads. Um but the way that they approached it seemed more just real. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, and I want to chalk that up to him being like, look, I know what we can do. What, what is not going to be too weird. He, he seemed comfortable doing all of this stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's this, I can definitely see Andy circus bringing a style to this. Um, mm-hmm. There, it wasn't, it was very stocks, like superhero visually. Um, as far as how it was shot, but the 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 um all like the story beats and the performances have really had something going. Yeah, the the humor beats work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, just a quick sidebar here: the um, other directors they met to meet with it um, that they considered um, to direct it were Rupert Wyatt, who did uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Rupert Sanders, oh, meeting some Ruperts, who also did Snow White and the Huntsman, um, and Travis Knight, the, which, okay, tangent, um, Travis Knight is the son of Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. Oh, wow. And what happened, and in the 
okay, so um Little Nepotiz. Yeah. Well, okay, you guys he's the head of the studio Leica. Okay. Um I know that one. Yeah, which did Kubo and the Two Strings, Paranorman, a bunch of uh Coraline was their first film. Um, yep. which was, you know, of course directed by um uh, 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 by Henry Selleck, um, who also did Nightmare Before Christmas and um, James and the Giant yeah. Peach, but stop um, motion, yeah, yeah, stop motion guy. But Leica was um, used to be uh, Will Vinton Studios. Will Vinton, famous uh, claymation artist, who did um, all like uh, every he did like uh, the the California Raisins. Uh, the Noid, um, The Adventures of Mark Twain. Um, oh, in the, I love that. Yeah. In the early 2000s, um, Travis Knight was a rapper whose yes, rap name was. was Chili T. Oh, his real name. That's why I was like, yes, he is. I don't know him, but his name, Travis Knight. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny to change that. That's already a pretty good name. No, Travis okay Knight name. is a pretty good rap name, but he changed it to Chili T. <laughs> and as in uh, Ice T. No, no, was it, T-E-E, was it like, like a T-shirt. Oh. <laughs> chili uh, T. What, was it spelled like Texas Chili? Um, no, no, like cold. I'm a cold oh. T-shirt. Was it with well, a Y or an I-E, though? A Y. Oh, that's disappointing. He was a Chili T. Anyways, um... Well, when you leave iced tea out for too long, it, or for a little while, it gets chilly. And so, so basically, early two thousands, his rap career is not going too great. Chili tea isn't burning up the charts. Early two thousands, oh yeah. My God. Uh, yeah, no, no, this wasn't in the eighties or nineties. He was chili tea in two thousand and two. Um, All right. Um, he. Uh, he decides instead he wants to be an animator, so he gets his dad to buy Will Vinton Studios, and in um and the 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 uh part of the deal was that his, Travis gets to be um hired on as an animator. A year later, he's CEO of renames it Leica. Um, but then what's crazy is he's actually good. At doing it, he puts out Coraline, um, and but Paranorman, like, and Kubo. He's and the not two good strings. at animating, obviously, because he's no longer animating. He is ex- he's executiveing. Yeah, well, I mean, he no, no, he's directed some of these. He's he's been the director of a number of these. He directed Kubo and the Two Strings, um, so he actually is good at doing this. Well, it's and, nice, it's nice to have your parents pay to have you take risks, I guess. Yeah, exactly. The movies are made in the same sweatshops that his dad's shoes are. <laughs> They're both saving money. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's win-win. No, what's crazy is then he got to direct the Bumblebee movie. Wow. Uh, you know, that makes sense, though, because remember Coraline was wearing Nikes the whole time? Yeah. I thought that was weird. Oh, oh Nikes put out a pair. Of, every Leica movie, they put out a pair of limited edition Nikes for the Coraline ones currently are like there are two, Coraline Nikes. They, they look awesome, and they're like two thousand bucks on eBay. I have to look these up. Jesus fuck. Yeah. <laughs> There's Coraline Nikes, Kubo and the Two Strings Nikes, um, Paranorman Nikes, uh, Abominable Snowman, whatever that one was called, Nikes. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the end of that tangent. Um, back to Venom. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> so Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Um, stars Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. We've talked about him. Michelle Williams as Anne Wayne. We talked about her. We've got Naomi Harris as Frances Barrison slash Shriek. Naomi Harris. Um, she was uh, she was in 28 Days Later. That was kind of like her big breakout. Um, That's where I recognize her from. I, I yeah. couldn't place her. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, uh, World's End. She was, yeah. Um, more recently, she was in Skyfall, Spectre. Uh, she plays Eve Moneypenny. Oh, Mo- she's Moneypenny. Yep. Uh, she was also in Moonlight. Um, oh, she worked with Andy Serkis in Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. That's how she got this role. Um, and uh, she was, of course, just in No Time to Die. Uh, Reed Scott, back as Dr. Dan. Um, Stephen Graham as Patrick Mulligan, the detective. You mean it, huh? Sorry, uh, I just noticed that she was in the Rampage movie. Yeah, she was. I didn't know if you'd said that. I didn't. I skipped it because, (laughs) you know, it was Rampage. Um, Stephen Graham. It was a good video game. It was. It was. It was a great video game. It was in so many bars. Oh, my God. Yes. I think we talked about this before. Like, yeah. Rampage and Cruising USA. Those were the video games I played in bars. Yeah. Um, Yes. As my mom got drunk. Anyways. um, It's everyone. It was the 80s. Yeah. If you were in there, that's why. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Patrick Mulligan, um, uh, played by Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham um, has, let's see. A lot of. Yeah. uh, He was in Snatch, um, Gangs of New York. Um, He's been a a character actor. He's in Uh a ton of, ton of stuff. Um, when you want a little short, tough guy. Yeah, he's the guy that you get. He was also in some Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean movies? <laughs> Carrots of the Caribbean. I heard Pirates, but I like Caribbean Pirates. Oh, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, he's currently in uh, Matilda the Musical. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, he was in uh, Hellboy. Oh, uh, huh. yeah. He, he was the Gruagach. As yeah, he did voice. He voiced the the Gruagach. So yeah, good. For, yeah, all right. And I want to see that uh, Matilda musical though, because uh, what's her name? Uh, Latasha Lynch is Miss Penny. Yeah. Yep. There. Uh, yes. Yes. Matilda's an awesome story. Yeah. Um. Woody Harrelson plays Carnage. We have discussed Woody Harrelson in a number of films. Um. I know. Uh. Uh, uh, what was that one called where he was Defendor Defendor um, oh. I feel like he was in yeah. something else too that we've talked like about a, on here one of our monthly movies maybe it was a monthly movie um, I'll, I just have to interject that I think that was excellent casting yeah oh as Cletus Cassidy yes yeah, yeah. 100% I remember when they announced it I was like wow this is going to be amazing yeah he was great Circus or not Circus but um, the, the director of the first one Wanted uh-huh. him on because he wanted to. He wanted him to bring his, um, his natural born killers, uh, vibe right. to it. Those eyes, yeah. Um, kind solo. of softness, kind of char- oh, charismatic. Oh, yeah. Solo was the other one. Solo, that's right. Yes. 
Um, yeah. Um, l- <laughs> Little oh, yeah. Sims plays herself at the gay rave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> She's a rapper. Um, ah. Yeah. Um, Peggy Lou is back as Mrs. Chen. Um, uh, yeah. Cian Weber uh, as uh, the doctor at Ravencroft. Um, and that's about it for the film's production. Yeah, you know, straightforward sequel. <clears throat> yeah, very straightforward. Um, this movie has 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. And I do have some letterbox reviews. Yeah. <clears throat> Bisexual, three stars. (laughs) Icarus writes, gay, five stars. (laughs) (laughs) We're back, baby. Yep. The only review we need. Nikal writes, very gay. Please make the next one gayer. Five stars. (laughs) I can't agree more. Um, More tongue kissing. Caustic Artifact writes, they were not as gay as they should have been. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but gay enough, I suppose. <laughs> Already better than the script. Five stars. Um, Five. Oh. Um, the Viking <laughs> writes, broke back mountain on acid. Half a star. What? Oh, that, that description, I'd say five stars. Yes. And Rosa writes, I think this is Portuguese. It's not Spanish. <clears throat> O venom io edi e una subtama gay. <laughs> Half a star. <laughs> Who is the gay couple? Is it Eddie and Cletus? Is it no, Venom? No, no, no. Eddie and Venom. Venom. Eddie and Venom absolutely oh. are a couple in this film. They, um, really? And, yeah, they and in fact, more Tom, of a two cop, like a cop buddy. Um, Tom, Tom Hardy said he was playing it as, uh, they, as a romantic couple. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay. Five I, stars. I, I picked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, but, but like in the oh, I didn't Hoover not. roommates kind of. Uh, oh, see, I didn't go that far into I mean, their, their relationship had evolved. But. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of a rom-com if you take out like the fighting superhero stuff between Eddie and Venom. Yeah, uh, really, I mean, it's he, not like a r- wacky roommates or like buddy movie. I mean, yeah, because there's like it's really more rom com. Like Diane Keaton, com- and like that's Steve how Martin. that's. I, I mean, that's how th- they said they were explicitly playing it. I can see those beats, but I mean, the they're not. The plot ex- is him accepting the new husband. It's basically. not explicit. It's not explicit. I mean, if I, if I stop and look through that lens, sure. It's su- it, yeah. it's subtextual. It's very subtextual, but I can see it there. They had this. Okay. All right. No, like I said, it's very subtextual. It's not. It's not overtly there, but I can see it having been told. That's how they were playing it. Yeah, same. That's my point. Now, now that you say it, I suppose it can. Not, I suppose it could be seen that way. And oh, uh, by hadn't occurred to me. And uh, okay, so and the reviews, the letterboxed reviews, there is a large, large number talking about um, gay relationships on there between Eddie and Venom. A huge portion of the movie going public saw something there. Um, <laughs> really, they jumped to that. I mean, 
the mechanics? What are the mechanics of that situation? Well, so it's I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, subtextually it's, there. I say it's 24-7 penetration. That's uh, yeah. that's always happening. I don't think they mean literally gay relationship, but like a subtextual gay relationship. <laughs> oh, I don't see this. Because they love each other? Because they admit that they love each other? Well, I mean, it's, I, again... Looking at it through that lens, I can see it, but it's not overtly there on the screen necessarily. They're, well, and it's not just that they love each other. It's that they're catty with each other. Right. They, ha- they constantly cutting each other down, but also supporting each other. Has nobody that. ever seen a buddy movie? No, no, no. I agree. Or, or, or I agree. even I all the way back to Laurel and Hardy. Like, like Lethal or, Weapon uh, is also pretty gay. Fred and Barney. <laughs> I'm talking about the cattiness, the jokiness, no, the, that, that ar- is the arguing. Two cop partners, they that's come up in movies that they're practically married couples. But yeah, that's that doesn't mean there's a romantic undertone. Right. Well, I mean the the Okay, so Gen Z uh, I, very popularly okay. likes to look at old buddy movies through that lens. That is a okay. very common Everything thing. Everything is coded that way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because it's Hollywood too. That's their their read on it. Yeah, there was a right. gay writer wait, wanting to escape throughout the on the screen. G- generationally, I've discovered through my interactions with Jude and how he um, discussion of the uh, of films that that is absolute. Like they overwhelmingly. I can't like, think of anything way. more negative than that attitude because it totally um, dismisses platonic male love which is already something that has still not been normalized something top gun is gay oh yes <laughs> all right great um, example t- you, but like tango and cash sure that it seems homoerotic but those dudes are not in love with each other i just you know it like, diminishes is that dance too like I, I th- yes, I th- exactly. Yeah. I, I think, There's an affection. I think it's an overcorrection for so many years of subtextual homoeroticism that was unacknowledged in films. I think it's a generational overcorrection of that. If I had to put a read on it, honestly, I I this is just my I'm kind of in the middle generationally. I think that a lot of it is just because it makes older folk uncomfortable talking about it through that lens. Mm. That's so a good they point fucking. Too. I, I just didn't it. even see the lens in this, but that's just me. I'm done. I, I'm not arguing it I, by any means. Like if if you say that, then sure, yeah. But we can do that with a lot of with with literally every male relationship, and that's why I say that's kind of fucked up to diminish that two dudes caring for each other and I, then admitting they love each other. Like we still aren't there, right? It, uh, no, no, no. I I'm I'm one. I. I see both sides of this. I absolutely agree with you that platonic male relationships are something that should be much more celebrated and accepted in culture in general. I also kind of understand that how a younger generation's more open acceptance of LGBTQ stuff leads them to see many things through that lens that weren't. Well, I don't know how we got on that, but I absolutely agree with you but i mean i th- think we originally were talking about what we were seeing right about this is the subtextual gay relationship yeah yeah and yeah and us it, not z yeah well yes no that's and but i mean again 
Well, and you said Ed Hardy himself said he played it as a romantic. Yeah, so did Tom <laughs> I wish Hardy. It was Ed Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> Ed Hardy. That's why he had all the sequins on. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, sure. I see it now that, that you know I'm looking for it. But uh, again, subtextual at best. Um. Oh, oh. Oh. Wait. Wait. And last thing. And of course, Venom has that speech at the rave that is very much he he literally says I'm coming out of the closet like the Eddie closet yeah the Eddie he's closet. been tra- he's been trapped in a restrictive human being yeah no no I get that but he's, he's very explicitly <laughs> he's, using the language literally of, in a gay club doing that yeah yeah anyway so all right anyways here oh, we go Lord. this is Venom let there be carnage we open on an orphanarium <laughs> a young, <laughs> An a, so a young man who inexplicably has inexplicably has the voice of Woody Harrelson watches as uh, his lover Francis Barrison gets taken away uh, from uh, what's we come to learn is the Saint Estes Home for Unwanted Children. To uh, I don't was this ever on screen? Um, Wikipedia keeps referring to it as Ravencroft. Did it say Ravencroft anywhere? Do Yeah, there was a, a sign. Uh, there was a it, sign. Okay. When it came when they came through the gates, there was a sign. Um and for and that, they didn't point it out, but explanation being that Estes is for juveniles. Ravencroft is where they send Yeah. That's their arc of yeah. Well, yeah. Ravencroft. And she mentioned she mentions mutation, which is interesting that she legally could in a Sony movie. Um, and she was in the comics as well. Yeah. She, yeah. So she was. That is interesting. Yeah. I'm surprised they even let her say the word <clears throat> mutation in reference to her powers, considering how weird Fox was about all that. But I well, guess this it's, is it's owned by Disney now. So, yeah. And this was uh, a Sony picture. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they were from the yeah. from the start of the, the the first Venom. They were trying to get this incorporated into the the Marvel larger Marvel universe. Yeah, I, I'm curious how much Disney asked of them with this movie. Like, hey, if you could, we want you to do the post credit scene and tie in the, the one word or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the post credit scene clearly is. It's a huge link, but um, brand synergy. Yeah. Um. So on the way, she uses her her mouth powers to attack the cops. Um. <laughs> um including a young policeman who uh, shoots she's, her. She's good at mouth stuff, thorough. She is lots of mouth stuff with this lady. Um, but this is the first time she does it. They've obviously been there most of their lives. Yeah. But she's like, I've had all guys can stand, and I can't stand no more. Yes. Also, it's it was really weird that that young dude that was playing young Cletus looked nothing like Woody Harrelson, nothing like him. Uh, but young Patrick Mulligan kind of looked like him. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, yeah, um, yeah. Mulligan shoots her in the eye. He gets uh. He gets uh, deafened in one ear due to her screaming. Um, he believes she's dead, but she gets secretly taken to Ravencroft, where she gets locked up in a, a quiet place. <laughs> Time passes, and we see that Cletus so has She been... gets locked up in a trademark marble glass cell. Yeah, she does. The plastic magneto cubes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, well, even like um, 
uh, Abomination, Emil, he's in one. Like, yeah, we see Doctor remember, Strange and America Chavez in one too. And also, uh, we we see Baron Zemo in one. It's so much, cl- so much like clear plexiglass and white walls, and they're always wearing white. Like, how do they stay so clean? <laughs> no one's going in there to dust. I didn't see a toilet. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. What's with the lack of toilet in that cell? Yeah. She screams her poo away. Did you guys notice the words? Uh, <laughs> I've had those experiences. Uh, did you notice the words uh, printed on the floor in the hallway? What? No. Uh, the, uh, the words were trust and endure. Hmm. Right next to each other. I some sort of message they're trying to give to prisoners escorted as they got escorted down the hallway or something just <laughs> mo- motivational words <laughs> trust endure so, so you're going to a glass cell from Calvin <laughs> Klein trust and endure um yeah so uh we uh see in a uh, newspaper that Cletus has <laughs> they bring her the paper which is hilarious. All right. Cletus has been sentenced to death for some 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 murders. He's been doing a little murdering. <laughs> he dabbles. Yeah. Does she get the paper on the daily? Or I thought it was just uh, the doc was, you know. It was out of spite. The yeah. doc yeah. was an asshole, yeah. And she's or like, she I, just gives the lifestyle section of USA Today. She's like, I want to read today's Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> Arc. He gets me. <laughs> oh, Kathy, you're just like me. <laughs> oh, Andy Cap, you wife beating Trump. Oh, uh, then we get the title card. <clears throat> we cut to the present day. Mulligan is now a detective. He asks Eddie Brock to talk to uh, to Cletus in San Quentin. Um, Cletus wants to talk to Eddie. Eddie's initially reluctant, but Venom convinces him to do it for their career. Their career. No, Venom is very <laughs> concerned with their journalism career at the beginning. He's of adapted film. to life on Earth and the, the goals. He's adapted to capitalism. Well, he I has. Think, I think that he's. It's the one thing that motivates Eddie to live. You know. Yes, that brings why. out the best in Eddie. Yeah. yeah he otherwise, does, he doesn't give. He a sits shit. around in a robe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the only way he'll get out of the house mm-hmm. to possibly yep. eat people's heads. And if they're going to get married, I mean, he needs a stable career. <laughs> uh, last one. It is San Francisco. Yeah. We cut to Eddie interviewing <laughs> Cletus. <laughs> Cletus rambles for a little bit. Um, Eddie, on his way out, notices scrawlings on Cletus's cell walls. Detec- I loved this. Yeah. Detective Mulligan insists that Eddie keep him in the loop if Cletus gives him any info on where the bodies are buried. Uh, back at home, Venom uses his perfect memory of Cletus's drawings to figure out where the bodies have been hidden, uh, which gives Eddie uh, some uh, career boost. He writes a story about it, but he doesn't tell the detective, and the detective is mad about that. Then, uh, back at home, Venom is hungry. He and Eddie go out. They get some chicken. <laughs> and break up a mugging in an alleyway. I'm sorry. They get some chickens, and then they well, break. and they make the joke that Venom has named the the two chickens Sunny mm. and Cher, and mm. that he has an affection for them. Like, That's why he won't like eat them. 
Yep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, he has pets. That's yeah, that's cute. Um I love the chew tire. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Snooky. 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 Uh um Eddie gets a call from his ex fiance Anne, who wants to meet. They get together at a restaurant and tells him that she's engaged to Dr. Dan. Um, also, she knows Venom is still inside him. Eddie and Venom both take it badly. Her character is so much better written in this movie. Oh, and she, yeah. I think yeah. she does a better she job better. acting yeah. in this movie, too. She was just, yeah, I was surprised to have her be a breath of fresh air every time she was on screen compared to last time. Yeah, well, last time she barely existed. She was just the lady. Well, who, yeah, she was there so she could become Venom at one point. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, as I'm thinking with the Snooky, the tire, and like Eddie feeding him, that gives him almost a pet quality. Mm-hmm. He's a, a pet that can talk, so they, yeah, endearing. Yeah, there's a bit of that dynamic there for sure. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The next morning, back at home, Venom makes breakfast to try to cheer Eddie up. Eddie gets a postcard from Cletus <laughs> with a cryptic poem and also explains he was abused as a child and got sent to the orphanarium where his girlfriend got taken away. <laughs> he also invites him to a, the execution. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, ooh. It's, it's weird to me that, that Eddie wants to go. He, he does mention that he did want to go. I think he says later on, but... Yeah, well, no, yes, well, and, well, and he doesn't go to the execution. He just goes to tell Cletus he's not going to the execution and have one oh, last interview right. with him. It's beforehand, yeah. Um, did he feel some sort of obligation? <laughs> of course it's before. Yeah, I mean, maybe he did, but he didn't actually attend uh-huh. it. Right. He, he might have uh, if the interview had gone better. Yeah, maybe. Might have. <laughs> if the first date had gone better, there might have been a second. Uh, yeah, if I the just first literally good. I'll go to your execution. Yeah, uh, right. I just literally said, like, oh yeah, he spoke to him before the execution, <laughs> as opposed to after. Yeah, after the execution. <laughs> I mean, well, he talks to him after too. <laughs> do you have any comments? Well, yeah, like, but if <laughs> yeah, well, right. yeah. Let's be clear: the execution did not go well. Um, no. So. Um, Eddie visits Cletus, who insults him and uh, attacks him. Venom, well, Venom attacks Cletus, and then Cletus bites his hand and uh, drinks a little bit of his blood. It's a little taste. Just a little bit. <laughs> Daddy just Enough. needs a little taste, yeah. <laughs> um, back at home, Venom has an argument with Eddie about wanting more freedom to eat criminals. Um, they get in a big fight, knockdown, drag out fight, uh, throws the TV out the window and then he's, he storms, Venom storms out angrily and goes After off on his own. Eddie sets off the, the smoke alarm to, mm-hmm. for the, the piercing sound. Yeah. Um, we and, cut and this, this fight is not a friendship fight. This is not how friends fight. No, this is a couple fight. That is how I read this. The altercation between them was. Very petty. It, it, but throwing stuff out the window is is classic, it, like couple rom com fighting stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um. But so, uh, Cletus. We cut to Cletus's execution, but a red symbiote emerges and blocks the injection. 
He goes on a rampage. He kills a bunch of uh, the guards. He goes through the prison, freeing the inmates. Um, as they leave, Carnage agrees to help Cletus uh, free Shriek in exchange for Cletus's help, uh, d- killing Eddie and Venom. Then uh, Mulligan visits Eddie at home and tells him that <laughs> Cletus is out. <laughs> and he's angry. <laughs> the Cletus. <laughs> Cletus is short for Cletus. <laughs> Cletus. Um, uh, the next morning, Eddie cleans up from the fight. He lets the chickens go, which, by the way, you cannot just release <laughs> chickens into a park. Everybody listening. If you have pet chickens and you don't want them anymore, you can't just release them into a local park. <laughs> I mean, you can, but someone's going to yeah. eat them. Yeah, don't do that. It's a bad idea. Um, For the chicken. Public service announcement. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, that night, Eddie pieces together the location of the orphanarium that Cletus was in. Um, meanwhile, Venom goes to a rave <laughs> while, uh, Eddie visits St. Estes. Eddie calls Mulligan, tells him about Shriek. He says she's dead. Um, meanwhile, Cletus uses the internet to find her. He goes to Ravencroft. He frees her and they go to St. Estes to burn it down. Um, Carnage does not like Shriek's mouth stuff. Then <laughs> too much teeth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Venom visits Mrs. Chen at the local bodega, which I, I this movie thing, it's this superhero movie thing of movies that are not set in New York that have bodegas in every corner. It's become increasingly funny to me. It's San yeah. Francisco though. San Francisco. Yeah. Made, San Francisco yeah. makes yeah. sense. Yeah. If they were, if they were in any other major city, it would have been, a stretch. Yeah. Um, I like this scene though. I like that. You, yeah, I like it. Yeah. No, the scene with Mrs. Chen and Venom and she like, yeah, yeah, she puts her face on him. She's like comforting him. Yeah. And she's one of the only other people that knows he exists. And she hasn't like a friendship with the creature itself. Yeah. But I like that. Anne catches on eventually. Like, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. No, I love Animus is Chen. There's a lot of good peripheral characters in here. There's some good. I does does the conversation Dan, between okay. Anne and Mrs. Chen allow make this pass the Bechtel test? That's the only oh. conversation two women have in this movie. They're looking for Eddie, though. Yeah, they are mm-hmm. talking about Eddie. Talking about Eddie. Yeah, it doesn't. <sighs> Such a low bar. Anyways. It passes Wait, the symbiote uh, test. Doesn't uh, Shriek talk to Anne at some point? Do, do they talk ever? She, she's all, hey, girl. I don't know if they girl. ever exchange words in the church. I mean, they're in the scenes. They're on screen at the same time. That's true. But yeah, I, I don't know if they, they ever talk. talk. No. Uh, um, the doctor and um, talks at yeah. Shriek, but Shriek doesn't talk back. And it is also about Cletus. Um. So yeah, it's, I'd say no. Yeah, that's that's a no. Um, let's see. If uh, somehow they could have gotten Chen and Shriek together, 
<laughs> that would have. Then been, they'd have a movie. Like yeah. just just to buy a magazine or something. <laughs> Shriek Weekly. Shriekly. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds the magazine. Um, you <laughs> um Detective Mulligan discovers that Shriek is still alive um after he visits the scene of the uh, Ravencroft breakout. Um he goes and arrests Eddie for stuff. Um <laughs> Eddie contacts uh Anne as his lawyer, he reveals to her that Venom has separated and she goes to find Venom. Um, she goes and finds him with Mrs. Chen at the bodega. She convinces him to forgive Eddie. Uh, Venom. That was so cool. Uh, uh, Chen, Mrs. Chen with the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when it was Venom a very, revealed himself just, just doing the eyes. Yeah. Uh, very comic really book. Way of of showing, yeah, yeah. definitely. Instead and of her every becoming time, a big creature, right? Yeah, bulking out. I liked that uh, when there were close ups on his eyes, they moved, kind of like in the comics. You know how sometimes mm. there would be like an, an open dot in them, yeah. or they would get larger and smaller. Pretty cool that they they did that. They they've really finally figured out how to do Spidey Universe eyes with that, like. It's gotten really good in yeah. recent movies. Spideys can do the thing like the comics where yeah. they sort of blink or half a... Yeah, I yeah. like they're, it. They're expressive in ways right. that make sense for the story also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Venom reunites with Eddie. Um, Cletus takes uh, Mulligan hostage while Shriek captures Anne. They go to a cathedral. the the big The big fight at the cathedral at the end gave me real like '90s or early 2000s superhero movie vibes. It was re- a real throwback the, feel. This is the end of Ultimate Carnage, the video game. You fight in a church. Mm. At one point, you go flying through the stained glass window, and you um, fight. in the comic, that's how Peter separated it. But also <clears throat> in Spider Man Three, Sam Raimi's. Um, the Topher Grace Venom, that also happens up in a Belfry, I believe. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, uh, I, I, I feel like church fights are definitely a thing in a number of comic book movies. I mean, you'd mentioned three, yeah. the first Batman, of course. Um, right. I feel like there's others, minor ones. Yeah. It's like a, a, a bridge, at which there was a mini bridge scene where he throws that truck over. That's but, right. Yeah. Bridge, bridge uh, are acting. these are these the lowest stakes we've had in a while? Yes. Yeah. They I wrap mean, up. They it's wrap stopping up a serial quick. killer. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. It. But it's, it's also mano a mano. Like there isn't a bunch of um, yeah lateral in the street damage and shit. Like I, just the first the movie was was saving Earth from Venom's own whatever creatures they were on their planet coming back. Uh-huh. This is just stopping carnage I mean, from killing people. Yeah. Period. I mean, honestly, it really was kind of a breath of fresh air after after movie after movie of like saving Earth and sky beams. And eight, like it was yeah. really kind of nice to go back to a small personal um, conflict. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Eddie and Venom arrive. Uh, they fight carnage. Um. 
It seems Shriek seems to kill Mulligan by hanging him with a chain. Venom gets overpowered by Carnage, but uh, provokes Shriek to scream, which Carnage hates, and it separates him and Cletus. I liked the fight, how they kept separating and coming back together when there was the bell ringing. Yeah. It made way more sense in this movie than it did in the first movie. Because the first movie, the final battle is them getting punched out of their symbiotes constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And you just see their, like, Riz Ahmed's face. Yes. You get Eddie Brock's face in a pile of silver and black goop. This <laughs> looked like it. We could follow what was happening. Yeah, no, I, I, I really liked the action in this one a lot better than the first one. Um, the The... The set pieces, like you said, made sense. Like you could follow the action. Um, everything felt much more grounded. It, yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, eventually, Venom separates, or they get separate, or Carnage and Cletus get separated, and Venom eats Carnage and kills Cletus. He bites his head off. He gets to eat a head. Uh, while the cathedral- we get our one f bomb, yep. fuck this guy. Yep, so satisfying. Yeah, we earned our thirteen. Fuck this guy. Uh, yeah, while the cathedral collapses and crushes Shriek. Later on, we see that Mulligan's eyes flash blue, revealing that he absorbed a part of Carnage. Oh, did we mention when Eddie is falling that the symbiote falls through Anne and Dan? Yeah, that oh, was yeah, a cool yeah. scene. It goes through them and back to Eddie. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. Which, which I think ties into the end when Venom's like, oh, I like this guy. Because he's been inside, right. him. inside and him. Even in a moment, yes. that's all it takes to really like absorb all of a human's like thoughts and feelings and history. Right. Yeah, so he's right. like, oh, I, he seems good, dude. Don't worry about him. I he's loved, gonna... I loved the turnaround on Venom and Doctor Dan. <laughs> yeah, yes. Eddie can feel however Eddie wants to feel. Venom is in charge ultimately. Mm -hmm. You know, like right. he's like, you might hate him. I like him. Fuck you. Yeah, like, it, which is a good dynamic to have, I think, for them moving forward. Yeah. Um, we, uh, Eddie and Venom are now fugitives. Uh, they go to a beach in Mexico and uh, try to figure out what they're going to do next as they watch the sunset over the Pacific. I love the delivery of we are, instead of him saying Venom like we all expected, fugitives. <laughs> um, the sand in your toes and went through your hair. Yeah. Yeah. All back. Yeah. That but was... He knows how to take care of, of Venom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we get a mid-credits sequence. Ven <laughs> they're watching a telenovela. Yeah. Um, Venom tells Eddie about the symbiote's knowledge of other universes, and then a blinding light transports them from their hotel room to another very similar room where they see on the TV J. Jonah Jameson talking about Spider-Man's identity as Peter Parker, and we see Tom Holland as Peter Parker... And Venom licks the so, screen and says, that guy. Did they snap or they just came from their universe? The, this is happening simultaneous with No Way Home. Yeah. Okay. So so when the other villains That's what I, get yeah, called yeah. in No Way Home, Venom also gets called. He just happens to be in Mexico and doesn't want to go take part of the New York stuff. Yeah, he's too no, no, far I, away. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. 
as uh, yeah this was so frustrating because this is such a cool tease for no way home because mm -hmm. we then thought oh shit venom's gonna be a part of this movie exactly but he's not he's, he's we did get a great danny rojas cameo so we did and and a funny explanation of the mcu to a sony character as a result mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. remember yeah. he's like so there's a purple guy who yes. collects rocks <laughs> what no he made yeah. my family disappear for five there's years a big green one yeah um and that's the movie um yeah it, it was tight it was real tight yeah. it was a tight 97 minutes that included credits um yeah it's a classic okay. comic book movie i think like yeah, a return yeah. to like a standalone blade kind of thing yeah you know? it really had a throwback vibe i thought or like all the punisher movies that were just kind of like here's a story like Instead you said, of, not universal stakes to deal with. Just yeah, yeah. A show, a showdown. Like San Francisco's not going to melt, even you know. Right. Yeah, he's not saving the city. He's only saving himself and whatever future victims Carnage is going to have. Right. He's preventing Carnage. <laughs> the art of Carnage. Ah, yeah. Carnage. That's the threat. Is Carnage literally? Like, yeah, all I ever wanted was carnage. Like, okay. Which they did in the trailer. He all Did he say that? Because yeah. originally he said he all I wanted was family. Mm, no, I think the trailer and, cut that at, together, did, maybe. Yeah, and then later he said all I wanted was to be your friend yeah. to Eddie. That's right. So, yeah, Which honestly trailer. was a great delivery of that, that yeah. line to him. Because it was a surprise. And it was like, oh, huh. Why do you like him? I wanted you to like me. Yeah. That's basically it. Um, I got a couple unanswered questions. How old is Woody Harrelson supposed to be in this movie? Because he's 28, obviously. He's 28 years old. Because I went and checked. Um, How old is Cletus? Well, so I, 96 was the year they gave us. Yes. It, whatever okay. uh orphanarium what did you keep calling <laughs> the orphanarium um, which i assume he's like 16 so right born in 80 so woody harrelson so he's 42 woody maybe ha yeah woody harrelson is 20 years older than that yeah um, <laughs> he looks good but he not looks good. good but he doesn't look in his 40s he does yeah. not <laughs> um it was just funny that they cuz uh the uh, Shriek, uh, she is that that actress. Um, uh, Naomi Harris is is forty seven, so she's just slightly older than the character she's playing, not by a significant amount. Um, and the youngest of them, who actually was supposed to be the oldest, um, was a uh, professor or professor <laughs> officer Mulligan. Stephen Graham is actually only 44. So he was the youngest of them all, but he was supposed to be older. But than he was both. in the service. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's Acting. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, and Tom Hardy is uh, 75 years you. old. Yes, exactly. Um, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. His, I, his his performance again we didn't really mention it but like in the first one he is doing something 
and I don't know exactly what it is. He, it's like almost an accent, but not quite. And it's not quite a speech impediment, but he's doing something weird in this role with his voice. And I, I dig it, but it's also, I can't quite put my finger on what it is. It's, it and reminds his, me of the Joker, where it's like a very specific performance of a specific person. Yeah. Doing not, a, not doing an accent, I'm doing a person. Yes. And also in the way that he carries himself, the way he walks is not like a normal person. <laughs> no. He's like leaning to one side all the time, <laughs> he's, like he's got a serious shoulder injury. His, yeah. His legs, his legs are kind of bowed. Yeah. When he, when he walks. Yeah. He, <laughs> um, he, uh, he hunches his back a lot. It's a really, um, really specific, odd performance he's giving. Um, but that, uh, that's, oh, the only other question that I have, does anybody else see where the uh, cop would have gotten the symbiote in him? Cause I didn't, I watched and I couldn't pinpoint where it would have happened. No, I assume it was um, when he was being hit or something. Was he stabbed at all by carnage? Hmm. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Well, and is it is it a carnage uh, drop or is it a venom drop? They might change oh. that retcon it because we did get venom also on his own. Yeah, in that same room. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about if it was carnage or venom. It'd uh, probably be cleaner story wise if they use him in another movie to yeah. just tie it back to venom instead of like remember that red guy in the last movie you might not have seen. That's where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> a you little town called that. such performances as <laughs> um that's about it you guys uh want to go ahead and rank this thing mm-hmm. all right so we have the first venom at number 81 I'm inclined to put it higher than the first one personally. I don't uh, know how you fellas feel. Me too. Yeah. I think it's better than like the new mutants for sure. Oh, absolutely. The mask and sky high. It's I think it's better than the incredible Hulk. Yes. I think it's around there. Um, I don't know if it's better than spirit of vengeance. Cause that movie was insane. <laughs> that movie was crazy. And, and I like man of steel. So uh, just below man of steel. Yeah. Green Hornet ish. Yeah. I can see there. What, it's what better you, than Green Hornet. Works for me. All right. Nice and easy. Okay. Easy peasy. Putting Venom. Passes. Let there be carnage. At uh, number 66 on uh, our big list of <laughs> our rankings, which make no sense whatsoever. Um, Where's that, Defendor on that list? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we liked that one a lot, actually. We did. It was surprisingly good. Woody Harrelson really delivered in that performance. Jude told me that that's his fa- current favorite superhero movie, Defendor. Defendor you know is number 49. Yeah. We put good that above Jude. Swamp Thing. Ha! Oh, wow. <laughs> and Unbreakable. That's how yeah. much we liked it. It was better remember than Swamp much, Thing. Remember when Swamp Thing was the thing? It was <laughs> the corn the of the time. Yeah. <laughs> the corn. Swamp. Never digested. Um, that brings us to next week and next week on Harmless Phosphorescence we're going to be watching Eternals oh god 
Yep. This is an extra long one. It is yeah, a long movie. Yeah, it is. Um, and a lot happens. We only got two 2021 movies left, guys. Then we're on to last year. Well. So, Eternals next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. And then, until then, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. This has been your host, Sir Smiley, and I'm off to go to a gay pride parade. Rave. A <laughs> gay pride rave. I fucked that up. It'll take the parade to the rave. It's the fastest you know, route. I, I, did, I didn't have chickens, but, but I had dreams. I'm Josh Sweetie. <laughs> Come see me after my execution. I'm Brian Lesh. Uh, I'm going to go to the park, try to adopt some chickens. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> He's going to eat the chickens, folks. <laughs> Remember, guys, spay and neuter your chickens. Um, <laughs> thanks By for- eating them. Yes. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye.